Gus Warland, Jude Bolton and Wendell Saylor. This is the Triple M Rush Hour. Yeah, the Rush Hour with Gus, Jude and Wendell. Follow us on our socials at Rush Hour Triple M. Jude Bolton, Friday afternoon. I love Fridays. Absolutely love Fridays. And uh, heading into the weekend, I'm actually going to be... at McDonald's doing the the uh, McHappy Day tomorrow. So nice. If you want to swing past, okay. I'll, which which Maccas? I'll be at Waterloo, so flipping Waterloo. a few burgers. If you want to come through the drive-through, uh, I'll be there early, seven, mm. right through to about ten thirty. You're doing three and a half hours. Yeah, good stuff, mate. Job, more brother. Than the show. More than the show, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. No, well, it's about uh, time you gave a bit back. Oh, hey, speaking that's, of, that's uh, a fair point. Oh, yeah. How are you, mate? I'm good, thanks, buddy. I'm, I ask you. Oh yeah, you're asking me, mate. I've got to say back to you, Jude. Uh, this morning, mate, the Swans. What about their centre back facility? Oh, the facility Mate. there just, uh, yeah, amazing, oh. just at the SCG there, sensational. How much have they spent on that? Millions? Yeah, oh. yeah no, they've, they've uh, fixed it all up. It's, you used um, to get changed in the car park, did yes. you? Yes. It was tiny where we used to get to. Yeah, yeah. and you won you won a couple of premierships, so let's step oh, up these oh, boys. It now how's yeah. the, uh, the the Go Foundation, how's the AFLW oh. as well, who are in the finals. So, awesome. Yeah. Have you been there, Gussie? No, I haven't been Mate, there yet. Mate, where the trophies are set up, it's beautiful. It's got that one end and then around the other side, it's got uh, where obviously the players and all that and oh mate and the staff were so nice there this morning so, so that's yeah. at Fox Studios there is it yes you ran into yeah. Tom Papley didn't you yeah Pats yeah Horton uh, Pavilion around there beautiful yeah. guys uh, there is a memorial service for this person hello possums <laughs> yes it's me Dame Edna and aren't I looking gorgeous yes you are looking gorgeous Barry Humphreys memorial the uh, tickets went on sale today at 2pm so if you'd like to go along it's going to be held at 11am on Friday December 15th but the free tickets are available. It's going to be held at the Opera House. So if you want those tickets, go to newsouthwales.gov.au and click on the free tickets to the comedy legend Barry Humphreys, his memorial service, as I said, on December 15th. Should be an absolute cracker. What a career. I mean, yeah, to be yeah. able to take us to on the global stage as well. And yeah, absolute legend. couple of different characters and obviously a decent person inside that as well. So get involved if you possibly can. Huge show coming up. We've got uh, your old Mate. Al McGlashan's going to come on the show talking all things fishing, but also Travis Head, who was the star last yeah, night. With Bad Anvil, Travis Head yeah. will join us just after five o'clock. Should be a cracking Friday show. You're listening to The Rush Hour with Gus Jude and Wendell. Let's do this. It's The Rush Hours. Sports all in. Through to the World Cup final. We're going to talk to Travis Head in an hour's time, live from India. In the end, um, that total was just in reach, wasn't it? It wasn't easy. Seven wickets down, a couple of overs to go. Started beautifully. Four for. Four for early. Just completely dominant. A little bit of rain, and in the end, Miller played really well, got a nice 100. They got just over 200, and we got the job done. And as we said, Travis said, definitely man of the match with a couple of wickets as well as a 60-odd. Yeah, just a bit shaky at times in that that, uh, batting innings, but uh, good to see Pat Cummins just uh, draw us over the line. Yeah, Pat Cummins and Starkey done it a couple of times now, batted really well, so not sort of of those bowling all-rounders doing a good job. What about this? Is it a fair draw? I don't think so. How many home games does each of your teams get? The Broncos, shock horror, get more than anyone else. 14. They get 14. The Rabbitohs, only nine. Yeah, well, that's that's not their fault, mate. That's the NRL. But also, it's because of magic rounds up there. So I think the game against Manly um, is Manly's home game. 
Oh, I see. So, That's yeah. how it works. And some yeah. clubs take their um, yes. games to the country and so forth That's as right. well. Yeah. So the Broncos got 14, yeah. the Bulldogs 12 at home, the Don't Knights 12 at home, the Dragons 11, Eels mm. 11, Panthers 11, Roosters 11. Uh, just going wow. through the Sydney sides here. Look at the bunnies. Manly yeah. 10, Sharks 10, West Tigers 10, and the Bunnies only 9. That's yeah. not many. No. That's, that's not right. many. But th- the Bunnies need it, like, for them, like, it's siege mentality now. So, you know, that's be a nice one to win. Absolutely. You blokes played at the highest level. How much is a home ground advantage? Oh, it's fantastic. I mean, just playing in front of your home crowd, just a little bit of extra lift, but also uh, you don't have to travel, so you sleep in your own bed and th- those sort of things. It just makes such a difference. Yeah, yeah it so certainly th- helps. Man, I was a bit different. I used to love playing away. I used to love trying to beat, no, <laughs> oh, yeah. no but I used to love trying to beat, you have know, to take go, the points. Going out shit no, you... no, but just take the away points because I think it, it means more away from home. Yeah, fair yeah. point. The Roosters reportedly locked down uh, mm. the Cheese, Brandon Smith, as well as Luke Keary. Good call. Well, I think Brandon Smith is a good call. And Luke Keary, if he gets back to his best form, you know, him and Walker, it depends how their forwards play. I'm saying you're carrying two smaller bodies there, but I suppose Luke Curry's uh, earned that right for an yep. extension. Benji Marshall ventured to Melbourne to finalise Justin Olam. Um, thoughts on that? Yeah, this is good. I, I think they need someone like that. They need an aggressive centre, and I think for Benji to go down there, he understands what it, what it means. And Blue, he probably needs to change up too. Yeah, yeah. so if he, he gets to go there, but... Either way, I, I think Justin Olm's time at the Storm's up. Socceroos, easy win against Bangladesh, Jude, 7-0. Smash, the, uh, smash Bangladesh, uh, hat-trick in the second half, uh, uh, J-Mac as well. So yeah, yeah, that was good, good, good uh, hat-trick as well. But at the Swannies, AFLW, semi-final in Adelaide. Yeah. They won up there on the Gold Coast last mm. week unexpectedly. This is going to be a tough occasion for them against, against the Crows. They've got nothing to lose. Just have a crack at it, girls. Uh, they, they laid so many strong tackles last week, over 100 tackles. So that's what they need to bring, a bit of pressure and uh, try and get it done. We'll yeah, we'll have more reporting on Monday on the Swannies AFLW. Didn't win a game last year, and now they're in the second week of the final. So congratulations for all involved. And the Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix, Max Verstappen, who obviously is the best driver on the planet, said it's 99% show, 1% sporting <laughs> event. They've literally done nothing except just promote it mm. and just have fun for the last week. Very different to normally jumping in the car where it's more about testing and more about getting it right on the track. Yeah. The the Las yeah, Vegas. I mean, I suppose it goes with the territory. That's it. Uh, he's, he's, he's NRL around one. Oh, yeah. Are we, go, are we going or not? NRL, are we going? We're going. Surely. Rexy Morris will text me soon and let me know. <laughs> Referee. Rexy Morris, if you don't know, is yeah. our boss, and I doubt that he'll let us go. I would have thought. <laughs> Your weird superstition, uh, Patrick Mahomes, who's the best quarterback in the business at the moment from the Chiefs, Kansas City Chiefs, he's come out on Monday Night Football and said that he's got a favourite pair of undies. Hmm. He wears them on game day. His wife bought them for him. They've been playing so well, he only wears them on game day, and if they win, he doesn't wash them. Oh, so, so they get he, on a good run. So they get on a run of five or six, eight, nine in a row. He's wearing them for that whole time without them going in the wash. That's pretty That's pretty average. That's pretty disgusting. Surely he can give them a wash towel. His wife, Brittany, has basically <laughs> turned around and said, yeah. you know, this is the way it is. Mm-hmm. It's winning football matches for him, so it works. So that's one of those weird superstitions. I've played with a few guys who had some weird superstitions. Mike Pike, who I played with, Big Ruckman. I mean... We, we were about to run out onto the ground, onto the SCG or out on the MCG, and he'd just disappear because he had to go and brush his teeth just before he went out. He wanted just the clean, fresh teeth. We're like, mate, you're not getting that up, up yeah. close and personal with an opponent that you, you yeah, want. That just made him feel good. It exactly, made exactly him feel right. fresh. Yeah. 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 What about you guys? Did you guys have any superstitions? No, mate, I didn't really because I'm, you know, I'm a bit of a free spirit. But um, I think for me, um, Gordon Tellus, 
He used to put, I think, his left sock on and left boot on before he, yeah, left side first. He had to get dressed. And then the thing for me was Alan Langer. Um, he was always such a character and always like life of the party in and around, you know, the team and that. But then um, just about 10 minutes before he ran out, he'd be in the corner spewing in the garbage bin. That was his thing. If he spewed, that's that nervous energy. And then when you, okay, we're, we're right, because Alf's right, Alf's spewing. Did you okay. sit in the same spot in the meeting rooms all the time or did you shift around? <laughs> no, I always shifted around. But on the bus, I used to like to sit like sort of, you know, um, either up the front or it's funny, yeah, because I wanted to know where I was going. I wanted to see the crowd and all that. You know, I wanted to get that vibe. So, yeah. I okay. I, was, I sat in the same spot in the meeting room for 15 mm. years mm. at the SCG. Does any, did did like, sort it, of anyone sort of ever sit there? And I you knew went, exactly where all the players, like where Goodsy would sit mm. and everywhere. So, so, so like, all, the, all, the, all the players that have played a long time all sat in their own special spot. Yeah, and, and, and the first day of pre-season was always the day where young guys would come down and sit in and Barry Hall was one day sitting right at the front and everyone's like, that, don't sit there. Yeah. Don't sit there. And sure enough, a young guy just sat there and we're like, oh, here we go. Oh. <laughs> and, of course, the young guy hasn't got a clue, no, right? exactly. What about you in the commentary box now? Do you have a <laughs> – no, no, no. No, but like we – I know. You're like in the middle. Right? No, no, but superstitions. Well, for me, yeah. it's preparation. Yeah. I know that that will probably shock you. Yeah. No. <laughs> in fact, you've walked Ten. me for four, for, for four years. But yeah. in the cricket, I always do the openers as a general rule. So yeah. welcome back, first day, yeah. whatever it might be. So I do a big write-up. So I actually read that word yeah. for word. And also um, when I actually played cricket, I had this yellow box, mm. which is actually a little bit too big for me, to be absolutely oh, fair. No doubt. But, <laughs> I beg your pardon. Sorry, keep going. And so, so as the kids. It kids would, it, it would, <laughs> keep going, keep going. Rattled. Are you guys right? Yep. Um, I got the box bought for me by my grandfather, who obviously thought I was a bit better endowed than I actually was, and I, I wore it until the day I gave up cricket. This yellow box, yellow in colour, and it used to swoosh around with plenty of room to move. Give us a call, one triple three five three. We want to hear about your, wor- your weird or weirdest superstitions. Miranda, g'day, welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you. I'm great. It's Friday. Exactly. How are you all going? Yeah, we yeah, are really very well. well. Thank you. So what is your weird superstition? Well, I'm generally not a superstitious person, but if I walk into an office or someone's home and the calendar's on the wrong month or the wrong day, I have to change it because I feel like otherwise I'll have a terrible day. That's a really well, good point. Got to flick that over. You know what? Yeah. I'm exactly the same, Miranda. I didn't realise until you just said it. Mm. It really annoys yep. me, and I don't understand if you have the calendar up. Why wouldn't you keep it up to date? I know, right? It's got to be accurate. I'm with yeah, you, Miranda. You got, you got Miranda, are you yeah. single? Oh, no, she's gone. <laughs> Sorry, we had to cut her. Asking yeah. for a friend. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go to Josh. Shall we, Josh? G'day, boys. How's it going? Yeah, really Happy well, Friday. mate. Happy Joshy. Friday to you. Happy Friday to you, brother. Hey, what's your weird superstition, mate? Well, I've actually got two. But the first one is when I go through an orange light, I have to touch my hand on the roof. Hang on. I don't know why. So you're driving through, you, you go and the light turns orange, so you're a bit nervous and you put your hand to the roof. Yeah, I don't know why. I've just done it ever since I got my licence. Okay. And the other one is, you know, the school uh, school signs, the um, 40 school signs. Yeah, yep. school signs, yep. yep. I can't walk in between the two poles. <laughs> why not? Why I don't know. I just think it's bad luck. And my mates say to me all the time, oh, just get over it. I'm like, I can't. Is it like the equivalent of walking under a ladder for you? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, Josh. Window, yeah. When did you realise these sort of things bobbed up in your life, Josh? Oh, I don't know, but they, they, I just can't stop doing them now. Okay, I'm getting you a crack and rum legendary gift pack, mate. You might need a few rums this weekend. <laughs> Have a long, hard Cheers. think. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome, Josh. Josh oh, yeah. made a good point, though. Every time... As a young child, we drove past um, a 
um, what's where, where, where are dead bodies buried? Cemetery. 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 Yeah. At the start of the cemetery to the end of the cemetery, if you're driving, your hand had to be on the roof of the car. Why? Because that's what mum said we had to do. So the whole family uh, yeah. had our hands up on the roof of the car. Is your mum weird? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. She is. But I love your mum. Absolutely love your mum. Time for this. Our next guest's birth certificate just says, Gone fishing. He's travelled the world making fishing docos, which means he's had lots of up-close encounters with the ocean's most interesting creatures. But the same can be said for Gus and Jude for working with Dell. You can hear all of his incredible stories on his podcast, fittingly titled The Best Job in the World. Live from his boat, please welcome Al McGlashan. Yeah, welcome to the Rush Hour, Al. Just uh, tell us what's biting across New South Wales and across Sydney, mate. Well, we went out today for a quick run. I took um, Scotty Cam out for a fish because he's got his new boat and stuff. So we just did a harbour run because it was well, it was bloody rough, to be honest with yeah. you. So we caught kings, we caught salmon and tar. We just chased some pelagics around. So it was pretty good. I mean, the weather was a bit hard this morning. It's obviously cleaned up a lot this hour. So, yeah, no, it was good fun. Just running around, just light tackle and just chasing little pelagics and... Yeah, a few flatties and brim on the bottom as well. So just a good, easy day. Hey, now, about a month ago, we spoke to a windsurfer that was knocked off his uh, windsurfer going along at Newport Beach on the northern beaches by a whale. Does that sort of stuff happen much? So this year, there are more whales around than I've ever seen, and they're late. Like, we've been out chasing marlin offshore, which is really early for them, mm. and we're seeing whales. And the other day, we had one way out and sort of um, – 500 fathoms, so a kilometre deep water, which they're not normally out that wide. And he's chasing the boat round and flapping his tail and carrying on and stuff. And, <laughs> oh, yeah, it, it was all over the place. And I tell you what, they're going to be, with the amount out there now, with them breaching and carrying on, there's going to be more and more people running into it, I hate to say. Hey, now this time of the year, um, look, I'm a person, I like going to the beach, but I don't like going too far into the water. Um, can we talk about sharks? Um, oh yeah, you know, everyone th- always loves sharks. No, no, but we see so so many, so much more of them now. And is it because of um, we've got the um, you know a lot more of the what do you call it, the drones. cameras, drones, yeah, drones. You know, we see a lot more of them. Is that why? Um, but they're always there, aren't they? Hundred percent. All it is, technology is really changing fishing. So you know, they're suddenly going, oh, there's more sharks on the mm. beaches, but it's it's because we can see them. That's mm. all it is. All of a sudden, you're flying drones. All of a sudden. We went up and filmed up at Port Stephens years ago when all those little white sharks were there. And everyone goes, I can't believe they're there. Mm. Uh, it's only because we went and looked for them and found them all. That's So, yeah, it, it, they're always part of it. And you can see, um, actually, it's interesting, some of that drone footage, mm. you're seeing white sharks swimming around people that are swimming quite happily that have obviously yeah. been oblivious to it until now. <laughs> and now they're absolutely crapping themselves. They're going, holy moly. Yeah. But they're not even looking twice at you. You know, they're yep. just swimming past and big ones too. So, oh, yeah, it's... Yeah. I mean, it'd be a little unnerving if you see kids or something swimming around and stuff like that. So, well, I haven't got, well, in, I haven't got in the ocean for six years now because I'm I am yeah. that scared of Come a sharky. On. Well, Get if the three in. of us were swimming, yeah. right? They're not looking at you. They're looking at me. They're yeah, seeing they're a buffet like, opportunity. Like, they're looking at me. They're thinking, there's a seal there. I'm going to eat this bloke. So, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. See, if they eat us, us bigger blokes then they're going to be overweight and they're going to have to end up going to Jenny Craigles and it's I always think they're going to take the small fit one. <laughs> oh, okay. Dude, 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 you're I reckon gone. I'm safe. Yeah. <laughs> Al, I mean, you've been at the forefront of the, like this underwater vision and since that that moment where you jumped in to just see the re-release of, of the marlin and then the great white brushes passed you. Can you describe that moment? Like It must feel like it's yesterday. Oh, yeah, now that was a big mako, so it wasn't a white, but it was a massive mako shark, which is actually close as relative of a um, white shark. 
We, so we got it. And the funny thing is we're actually doing a, a doco at the time on how to release Marlon properly, so showing people what to do. Obviously, that didn't make the cut because it didn't quite go to plan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we'd, we'd been fighting this fish for a while and, and it kept flying up. But every time it's like, oh, what's going on with this fish? It's just being a nuisance the whole time. And we got it up beside the boat and I jumped in. I swam around with the shots and it kept leaning up, like right up against the boat, which Stripe Marlin never do. Yeah. And I thought, well, that's really weird. It's strange behaviour. Anyway, so I jumped, you know, I swam around it, did the shots, dived down underneath it, and it's watching me the whole time probably going, are you absolutely insane, mate? <laughs> it's like, like it was probably keen to get in the boat by that stage. The first fish I wanted to get in the boat. But then I dropped back a bit and then we had this grand plan that as I drop back, they're going to let it go and I'm going to swim down and do this beautiful panning shot of this marlin swimming away. And as I dropped back, I felt this sort of whoosh of water past me like something moved. And I'm probably a metre and a half from the fish. I turn around and look at the fish and there's this massive mako attached to it. And you know when you look at it and go, is that real? (laughs) But what made it worse is that the blokes in the boat, which are holding the marlin, you know, so to sort of give it a chance to revive itself, are still holding it and not reacting. So I'm looking under the water going, no, that's a bloody big shark. And then I'm looking above going, oh. oh, I definitely had a few red wines last night. Maybe I'm not seeing it. <laughs> then I look down and you can see it on the vision actually looking up down going, why, why is no one reacting to what I'm seeing? And then it, then and what the shark did, the mako, because the way they attack is they grab it and then it worked its way down to the tail. And the idea is it snaps the tail off, which means the fish has no propeller, can't go anywhere. And then the, the shark backs oh. off and allows it to bleed out because that way its eyes are protected and, you know, so it's the safest way to do it. So as soon as it's snapped the tail off, then, of course, the poor old Marlin's, you know, probably giving it a fair kick. And then the guys in the boat are looking at it, then looking at me and all the blood in the water. I'm going, finally, everyone else realises a huge shark there. And then when it, like, obviously you can't get back in the boat because it's a big shark in the way. You've got to wait till he moves out of the way before you get back in the boat. Mm. And all these people kept going, oh, I wouldn't stay in the water. I'd get back in the boat. Yeah. Last thing I'm going to do is climb over the back of a big baker that's having lunch mm. to get in the <laughs> boat. I thought, I'll let you have lunch and then I'll then I'll, I'll politely swim around you, you know. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, so thank good, God mate. you're still here to tell the story, Absolutely. brother. Absolutely. And thank you so much for joining us once again. And if we don't talk to you before Christmas, you and your family have a great one, brother. Bloody good plan, I reckon. Good on you, Fantastic. Oh, the big fella. Jude, you're fired up. In 325 games and two premierships for the Sydney Swans, Jude Bolton learned how to do two things really well. Tackle people and get hit in the head really hard. There's Bolton again. Let's do one of those now. This is Jude Tackles. She gets a big tackle. Well, lads, gather round, because I've got the news that'll trip you out, literally. Oh. Snoop Dogg, the man synonymous with ganja... Snoop Dogg! ...has given up smoking weed. No! Think I'm joking? Yes. This is for shizzle. I mean, (laughs) this is like finding out Santa Claus is on a low-carb diet (laughs) or coming across a penguin in the Sahara Desert. Utterly mind-blowing. I thought Snoop's daily routine revolves solely around this, Mm -hmm. but here we are living in a world where Snoop is rolling more sushi than joints. I bet even the plants in his garden or even the hydroponic setup at his house are feeling betrayed. Yeah. We thought we were a special man. They're probably (laughs) whispering to each other. Turns out he's just into kombucha and yoga. Wow. Next thing you'll be calling himself Snoop Downward Dog and updating (laughs) his anthem, Drop Drop It Like It's Hot, to the Herbal Tea Edition. I can imagine him in studio just dropping rhymes about antioxidants and the calming effects of chamomile. For shizzle and beats, bring it back to the streets. Double G, sipping on herbal tea, got my head daily hit of tranquility. 
ability. I mean, imagine him in the support group for ex-smokers, giving motivational speeches like I used to roll blunts. Now I just roll with life's punches and let me tell you, it's a much smoother ride. Just up the ice bar. But I mean, fair dinkum. That had to be way up there on the things you thought you'd never see. A bit like Gussie taking a normal selfie, riding those high up ones with the funny best angle like Kim Kardashian. In the grand scheme of things, though, Snoop Dogg is giving up smoking weed. It's a bit like Del choosing not to wear cut-off cigarettes and talking himself up. Absolutely like pizza without cheese. You didn't think it was possible. I'm questioning the natural order of things now. Have we accidentally stepped into a parallel universe? All in all, though, he's a cool motherfucker, a proud grandfather, and what a damn life he's lived. Peace out. Drop it like it's hot. Drop it like it's hot. He's giving us all a clip on the way through there, but what's happening? What's happening right now? Come, they told me, pa-rum-pa-pum-pum. Listen out for when Wendell sings a Christmas carol. Give us a call, one triple three five three, and you could win. Tom from Windsor has done exactly that, and we've got him on the line right now. G'day, Tom. How are you, mate? How are you, fellas? How's he's going? Mate, good. Going very, really very well. good. Now, what have you grabbed out of the bag there, Jude Bolton? Congratulations, Tom. Just for putting up with Dell singing, you've won a Taronga Zoo Keeper for the Day passes for you and a mate. You'll go behind the scenes and be involved in tasks, including setting up enrichment activities, food preparation, and more. Each day is different. You you never know what you'll end up doing. Uh, it's unbelievable. Taronga Mate, Zoo's keeper for a day experience. Yeah. Book now for the end of November to receive 20% off more at taronga.org.au. What an experience. Oh, yeah. Congratulations, that's Tom. That's awesome, guys. Mate. Who do you think you'll take along? Oh, I'll take the missus for sure. It's her birthday today. So. Oh, yeah, what's, her what's, her what's her name? <laughs> what's her name? Kylie. Oh, Kylie, 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 ready? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Kylie. Happy birthday to you. Hey, listen out for Jingle Dells next week to win more Christmas presents. And thanks to everyone at Taronga. Go to taronga.org.au for all the details. Congratulations, Tom. Let's talk to this legend. Our next guest has had quite the year. Travis Heady is not holding back. Human run scoring machine. Punches down the track, gets it past Minard. Oh, stand up and applaud. That is a magnificent Ashes century from Travis Head. Purveyor of crafty offies. Fold him, Travis Head, somehow. And owner of one of Australia's meanest moustaches. Got some different lengths, work on it. So, yeah, I think it'll stay around for a bit. An exquisite combination. Beautiful shot, swimming in. Welcome, Travis Head. Yeah, wonderful result last night. I think he's a bowling all-rounder now. Oh, yeah, Travis exactly. Head. Uh, we're into another World Cup final, and Travis Head's joining us from India right now. G'day, Trav. How are you, mate? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Mate, absolute pleasure. Last night, um, bowling before batting, um, absolutely fantastic day for you, and obviously you must be pumped into another uh, final. Yeah, uh, amazing night. Um, yeah, knowing what the wicket was going to do, I've obviously seen the wicket a few days out. 
I knew I might uh, need to bowl a few overs. Um, and yeah, nice to, to do a job, I guess. Yeah, amazing night, um, roller coaster event. But um, we knew that, and now we're in the final, and I guess put it all on the table against, against probably the best team in the comp so far. Mm. Travis, I mean, to get get them four for initially uh, South Africa, absolutely dominant performance early, and then Miller gets a hold and starts to graft out a pretty gutsy hundred. I mean, what was that feeling to just, I guess. Chase after a, a total of about two twelve. Yeah, we knew we knew it was going to be tough um, on that wicket. Um, Miller played exceptionally well. He played very well against us for a number of years now, and he matched up against Amps. He, he, he enjoys that one, and um, so yeah, he, he put us under pressure. But obviously, the start that we got, and I think the way we finished as well, was to have a keep on the score that. Uh, we felt like we could chase, um, and you know, the way the new Davy started, we knew we had the front end, but we played a lot differently to South Africa. I know they lost the wicket, but they normally try to go slowly and, and finish strong, and we sort of go the other way and try to start strong and and get ahead of the rate, and, and then can ease at home. And, and we just eased at home. We took a bit, forty-seven, forty-eight overs. So uh, we we almost used the full fixture. It was a bit nervous watching, but um, well, we played. I think the calmness that we showed throughout at most times um, was, was was class and high quality and such a high pressure game. Well, speaking of calmness, uh, Virat Kohli, he is playing with absolute calm. What's the best way to sort of take him out of the game? Um, oh, well, I think you're seeing how our two opening bowlers bowled last night. That's going to be the, the most important uh, stage, I think. Um, obviously, yeah, toss is hugely important as well. Um, there's a little bit of dual around in the ground that we do play at in a couple of days' time, which is a, which if we do lose a toss, we will hold our hopes on that. But also at the night session, the ball has been swinging around. So um, I think if you can win the toss, you've been bat and get runs on the ball, put them under pressure, and the ball can swing. Um, yeah, our, our, our top order bowling has been world class. Uh, and the times that we beat Indira's is when Starkey and Hoff have been able to swing the ball and, and put them under pressure. Yeah, they were brilliant last night. Big, classy moments from Stark and, and Hazelwood. Uh, what about in the field? You were fantastic. Yeah. Davey Warner in the covers region there was immense. But, mate, how much enjoyment do you get out of getting wickets like that? A couple of wickets in an over. When he threw you the ball, it was a bit of a Hail Mary. You came through with the goods. How pumped are you? Um, obviously, a runs happen much easier for you, but getting some wickets. <laughs> yeah, I think you can see my reactions. I carried them a little bit in the first <laughs> one, but both of them, I think, uh, yeah, just yeah. me and Dan Vittoria, bowling coach, have a good relationship, and um, I think we, I, I do enjoy bowling, but also take the piss a bit, I guess, with all the boys, and if I get a wicket, so carry on. And, um, yeah, it's just something that we've ridden for a while now, where I pop up with a wicket here and there, and well, I don't think everyone sure quite knows how, but um, <laughs> last night again, just, yeah, a straight one, one that spun and um, was lucky enough they both played the wrong line and end up with two wickets out of nowhere. And I think that just sums up with the enjoyment and the reaction that you see from everyone on that. Is it, yeah, it's just it's just great fun and nice to be in the contest and bowling mm. and, and helping we are so proud of you mate and can't wait for a big test summer as well we'll talk to you more about that in England the fact that England were home like a month ago is exactly. even better so they can go and <laughs> shove it up there Jaxi thanks a lot Trav appreciate it mate thanks cheers thanks for having me all the best thanks. let's do this whether you're on the train in the car or on the buses it's Gus's big sports quiz there's a bit of everything in Red Rooster's mega box brought to you by Red Rooster Mega Boxes. The Rooster's calling you to try a mega box at Red Rooster today. Yes, time for Dave to take me on. G'day, Dave. How are you, the Savo brother? 
Good, Mate, I'm very well. Welcome to the show, uh, the sports quiz. Over to the hostess with the mostest, Mr. Jude Bolt. No, thanks, Gussie. Welcome aboard, Dave. You ready to roll, mate? I am, certainly am. Mate, for this all-rounder sports quiz, you've got Wendell Saylor. He's got the answers yeah, in buddy. front of him. You can use him once, all right? All right. Let's do this. Yeah, right Gussie. Mm-hmm. Australia beat South Africa to qualify for the Cricket World Cup final. What did opener Travis Head score? Come on, we're, oh, we're about to interview him, mate. Yes. Come on. 60, 60... You know this. Two? Oh, I know this one. Oh, no, it's not you. It's it's, it's Gus's question. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just jagged there. 61 62. or 62. Yeah, yeah no, nice. can't have two, yeah. but yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, Dave, hosts India will face Australia in the deciding match. What did Virat Kohli score against New Zealand in their semi-final? 105? No, mate. 117. Gee, you're under the pump now, Dale. I'm here for you, mate. You can use Dell if you're struggling. All right. Gussie, the Mm. Socceroos played their first World Cup qualifying match for the 2026 tournament. Bangladesh 7-0. Oh, look at this. He's on. (laughs) Just grinning as well. I hate when you grin. I just want to slap your face. Yeah, run at me, mate. (laughs) An an A-League star scored a hat-trick in the match. Who was it? Can I use Dell? Yeah, of course yeah. you can, mate. Super I, Mac. I think it's um, Jamie McLaren. That's it. Yeah. The Mac dog. Yeah, Super Mac. All right, Gus, for the win. For the win. Tyson Fury. Oh, I feel like chicken tonight. Tyson Fury has won, if not his biggest fight of his career coming up around Christmas. Who is he fighting for the undisputed heavyweight title and you need his full name? Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yep, I agree. We only spoke about it yesterday on the exactly. show, didn't we? And he's well known. Uh, oh, not, oh, it's Danny four. Wilder. No, no. <laughs> Alexander Usyk. Usyk, yeah, Usyk. Yeah. Oh, so who was Danny up Wilder? Christmas time. Yeah, talking yeah, about. Dante Wilder, oh, yeah, yeah, and um, yeah. <laughs> Joseph Parker. All right, Dave, here we go. Where is this weekend's Formula One event being held? Las Vegas. Bang. Oh, bang. There he is, brother. We are going yeah. to the tiebreaker. Okay. Your name is your buzzer. You ready to roll, Dave? Yep. Good luck, right. Dave. Which match will kick off the 2024 NRL season? Dave. Yep. Manly. Yep. Yes. And? Bunnies. The Roosters. Oh, oh, yeah. Yes. No, no it's Manly. It's the Broncos. No, I said, I said South. Uh, yeah. He said Roosters. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, oh, no. Yeah. That's unbelievable. What's happening? We're going to our... Uh, we're going no. to the review. No, he's and got it, he's got he's it. He's got it. He's oh. been given it. Yeah, because I intervened. There you go. Oh, my goodness. Dave, Dave you have won the $200 to spend at Red Rooster. There's a bit of everything in every Red Rooster mega box. The Rooster's calling you to try a mega box at Red Rooster now. That is controversial. But, Dave, you've got the chicken, brother. Thank you very much, guys. Work, Long mate. time listener too, by the way. First time having a go. Awesome, oh, Dave. Well, you deserve that opportunity. Good on you, big fella. Welcome back to the Rush Hour with Gus, Jude and Wendell. Uh, I've been told just to throw it over to you, Jude. Well, uh, lads, I've, uh, a couple of, uh, you know, just always scrolling through, seeing different things, and I caught it, came across this uh, radio show in the States that just decided to speak to one of their listeners. We get some awkward calls. I love our listeners. Yeah. We get some really awkward call, calls. But this one really took my fancy because it was a, a particular listener who was trying to spark up a relationship with an ex that he'd recently run into. Let's have a listen. Great to see you. You look great. I know when we were younger, you know, we were kind of on different paths. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm 
here, living in town, and I, I don't know, I, I wanted to see if maybe you wanted to get together and, and, you know, either go out to dinner or even coffee or something and just try and reconnect. Okay. Um, I don't think that's a great idea. Oh, okay. Um, I just feel like, I just feel like we tried and, I mean, honestly, your mom is a bit like, she's a really uh, awful person who is like so oversensitive about that gift I gave her for Christmas and like, she's petty and I don't want to be around it. I guess you should probably know then that she passed away two years ago. (laughs) Are you kidding me? I mean, I mean, I just uh, like you guys are just the king of sort of relationship advice at different stages. I, I would just ask the both of you: Do you reckon there's any chance for those two at this point? Oh, I reckon it's gone. It's dead. <laughs> no, you know what? I'm going to see a positive out of this. The fact the mother's gone <laughs> and she's out of the way, it's no. opened up the door no. for her to turn around and go. No, you know what? No, if your mother's not there. Yeah, let's give it a go. Oh, no. <laughs> you reckon she's out of the picture? She's so out it's, of the picture. No. It's fair game again. It's, absolutely. It's off. She's not, not petty. Chance, she's mate. not going to interfere well, in their the relationship. Fact that she's brown bread, no. probably, mate. When you attack, when you attack mums, mate, I'm telling you now, there is, you, mate, there's no chance. There's a red flag. Oh, you yeah. reckon? You reckon the son yep. will be upset because the mum yeah, got the yeah, drive by? Hundred percent. And yeah. she's, he obviously hasn't defended her when she's been a bit petty about that mm. gift. I wonder what she yeah, gave. The gift must have been. I wonder yeah, what she's held onto it too. Yeah. Oh, no, How yes. long oh, no. since they dated? Oh, as if Mickey doesn't hold on to things. Oh, that's true. She's yeah. a female. So it's oh, a, it's a mate, they, all, they all do, mate. They all do. They're all wired differently. Trust me, mate. <laughs> so in terms of relationship advice, do you, do you reckon he should just press on for try and get that? No. I, I believe press on. I believe not, mate. It's a... No, no. <laughs> it's over in Dell's eyes. Okay. Oh. But I, like, I just love that fact that it's just that... Little bit of awkwardness that oh, just went to another level. When <laughs> it's gold, it's gold, and it can only happen in America, of course. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic, boys. Troy Willoughby has set himself a challenge to walk from the summit of Mount Kosciuszko to the beaches of Cronulla. He will cover 540 kilometres in 10 days, Amazing. raising funds for youth mental health. He's on the home stretch right now, so we thought we'd get him on the line. G'day, Troy. How are you, Sabo? Good boys, how are you going? Mate, well, very, well. very well. Congratulations on having the idea, then getting off your ass and doing it. How far yeah. have you got to go, brother? Mate, I've got I've got a I've got about a kilometre paddle across the port hacking and then about a three kilometre walk um, around the Esplanade back to South Cronulla Beach. I oh, see so you're nearly home. Troy, yeah, it's a bit I'm sharky done. in Port Hacking. Look yeah. Out. Mate, I'll, I'll be in an outrigger canoe, so I'll be above the water, mate. Okay. I'll be sweet. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be sweet. Hey, uh, Gus, you gave me two extra days. I'm, I'm, I must be a bit early, so I've done it in eight days. Oh, really? Mate, nice. you're flying. Friday and, yeah, started last Friday. I've, I thought it was going to be um, – 540, but I got lost a couple of times, so I've actually covered <laughs> just just over 550 clicks so far. Oh. Um, yeah, so mate, it's, it's been it's been harder than I ever imagined, um, but but amazing. It feels amazing to sit here now with just a couple of kilometres to go, and my kids are going to meet me over the other side Brilliant. of the hacking in a, in about an hour, and um, wander wander around the Esplanade and and be done. Troy, what's been the most challenging day for you across the journey? Oh, mate, definitely the one. The, 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 on Tuesday, we did 101 kilometres. Um, I, I woke up. I woke up with a bit of an injury um, in my lower left shin, um, and carried that all day. And mate, that was that was one of the hardest days mm. of, of my life. To be honest, I, I yeah, I started at one o'clock in the morning, 
uh, on just a dirt road at a place called Stewart's Crossing. Mm-hmm. And, um, mate, about 2 o'clock in the afternoon, I was just I was just cooked and mm-hmm. rang my daughter for a bit of strength and um, I couldn't even get words out um, mm-hmm. just talking to her. I just I just cried and cried and cried. I was broken in, in every way. Um, mate, that was, a, that was a really tough day. And mate, the day after was, was pretty tough as well because mm-hmm. I, I was pretty beaten up. My legs, my feet, I've got heat rashes. I've got, yes, severe sort of swelling in my ankles. Um, yeah, it's, been, it's been tough. But, mate, saying that, I feel pretty good now. Yeah. <laughs> feel, Bloody oh. Yeah, 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 I feel good. So. Yeah, Troy, you should yeah. feel good. But, mate, one thing I want to know is, like, um, I'm not the bravest person uh, off the football field. So the wildlife, you know, there's snakes, there's spiders. We see them all the time. Have you come across anything face-to-face, mate? Mate, I saw one snake. It was it was down in Fredbo on day one, actually. I was, it, was across the, it was across the track, and I was that close to it. It took me a second to compute what it was, and I'm going, oh, shit, there's a snake. And I, and I sort of bunny-hopped it. But one of my mates that was walking with me at the time, he was behind me and he didn't have time to stop either. So as I've jumped and it shot off underneath him and, oh. and scared, scared the crap out of him. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that was it. That's all I've seen, a snake, yeah. heaps of wombats, heaps okay. of kangaroos. Uh, yeah, but no, one snake, unfortunately. To donate, go to dot com. Congratulations, Troy. All the very best to your brother. Mental fitness, that is the key. Um, absolutely. Thanks, lads. Thanks for taking the time. Cheers, good on you, Thanks, mate. Willow. You've got three Ks to go. You'll be with his yeah, family. family. How That's good will that be? be awesome. John, they told me... Oh, that's oh. not bad. Here we go. <laughs> exactly. That's not bad. Not bad. Coming up, we've got Woodsy coming in on Monday. Wade Graham's oh. going to join us. We've got more Jingle Dells. And, of course, best of luck to the Aussies against India yeah, yeah. on get Sunday night. We'll see everyone on Monday. Bye, everyone. Have a good Enjoy weekend. Enjoy the weekend. Bye. Bye-bye. God bless. The Rush Hour with Gus, Jude and Wendell. Weekdays from 4 on Triple M.